five, six perverted magic tricks. <laughs> no, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go up to people and, you know, like uh, David Blaine will like pull a quarter out of your ear. Uh-huh. I'm going to say, this next part's a little invasive and I'm going to pull a quarter out of their ass and immediately get cuffed and stuff for... You pull sex a, crime. You pull a microphone out of their ass, like, <laughs> yeah. and the wire, <laughs> just get and it. the whole recording rig, and then it's me and you. We- <laughs> First, they're like definitely gonna press charges, but then they're like, eh, "Well, that's impressive, at least." That's gonna be a magic trick. Yeah, so <laughs> David Blaine is gonna be doing magic, and he's gonna yes, he's reach- also an alleged sex criminal. That's right. So uh, I mean he. He's not convicted. He's not in prison. I don't think so. No, he's not. He's definitely not in prison. Damn. Just pu- pulling a mic out of someone's ass, and then oh my god, and it's a and it's a string, and then you like kind of hit a, you got to pull really hard, and then the laptop and preamp comes <laughs> pre-amp out, comes and out. then you pull a little harder, and then I come out. <laughs> <laughs> and then we come out one by one. <laughs> Everybody's like, where's Tanya, man? And then you pull real hard, and then she just <laughs> pops out with, like, little wet shit all over you. Just, oh, my God. <laughs> this whole time. Oh, shit. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> This whole time, Tanya's been hiding out in somebody's ass. <laughs> As as part of a the long game of a one of Tom's magic tricks. Uh, one of his perverted magic tricks. <laughs> that he's so known for. Oh fuck. <laughs> and then we just do the sh- an awful podcast <laughs> smelling like shit. Just smell yeah. <laughs> that uh, is really what that's a great metaphor for this activity, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, what somebody says you pulled that out of your ass, this is what's meant by This that. is what they mean. That's based that idiom is based on my famous trick of <laughs> pulling an entire <laughs> podcast out of somebody's ass. That famous trick. There's like I was reading Don Quixote. <laughs> you must Don, be reading uh, uh, Don Quixote. Don Quixote. Don Quixote. They mentioned this writer named Polydor v- Virgil. I was like, who the fuck is that? So, because, you know, back then, like, Cervantes was, they were just doing it just like us now. Like, yeah. they were dropping lines. Like, they were dissing other writers. Like, he was... What's... Are there some good examples of literary beef? Hmm. Like, what is the old Neil Young will remember... Right, Southern man don't need him around anyhow of, of like literary, the literary world. Yeah, dude, that's a great question. I've uh, seen little digs people make. Yeah, yeah. You know, Brad Easton Ellis mostly does it. There's a dove outside of our window. Did wow. you see? Did you see? Brad Easton Ellis did a like podcast Q and A answered one of the uh, Dimitri from Subliminal Jihad's questions. <laughs> <laughs> what was the question? Uh, asked him uh, about the time he had dinner at Peter Till's house with Tom O'Neill from Chaos. Uh-huh. Tom like, o- with Tom O'Neill at Peter Till's house? I guess so. Damn. Tough medicine to Tough. swallow because yeah, yeah. Chaos is a good book, I have to say. 
I know for the real heads, it's kind of panned, but it very, you got to admit, it's very readable. I wonder why Peter Till is... It makes sense that he would try to probably be... Get to the bottom of MK Ultra. Try, yeah. He's like, so did... Did you happen to like they did happen to say anything about how they did this stuff? <laughs> no reason. <laughs> right, like if there is any figure right now, it's interesting to think about like the hobby horse or the, like the pet hobby or whatever of the various capitalists because obviously Musk isn't so interested in mind control. He's more interested in rockets, space colonization. Very very uh Musk needs to grow up a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. yeah, the real the real money's in mind control. That's right. Yeah, there's no there's no future in rockets, uh-huh. man. It's what is it, sixty four? What did Brett Easton Ellis answer? Oh, he said that uh, I got invited, so I went. And uh, what else did he say? He said uh, that Tom O'Neill just held court and answered people's questions, mostly about MK Ultra. Wow! Imagine being a fly on the wall. That's a, quite an assemblage of yeah people. I don't know who else was there. He said there was about fourteen or fifteen people there. That's funny. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Very curious. I'm trying to think of like great literary beefs. <clears throat> Didn't Norman Mailer like punch out? Was it Gore Vidal? Maybe. Well, I mean, I don't wouldn't really consider Buckley a literary man, but obviously there's there's noted beef, right? I feel like Joyce had some beefs with people. Joyce? Yeah, it's just, you know, the Irish are, you know. They're yeah, just, a little you're, surly by you're just basing that <laughs> off of his identity. I, I have no proof Bro. of that. It's just stereotyping, really. We're a peaceful people. <laughs> Us Franco Irish. <laughs> <laughs> Franco <laughs> That noted community. Uh huh. Who's, I think the, we, who's I, the most noted Franco Irish writer? You. <laughs> I think we pointed this out on when we were in Nashville, but the of all the ethnic white identities, the most wild card chaotic is Franco American, like French American. <laughs> yeah, it really is. You don't know what you're gonna fucking get from a French American. No, could be a debutante, could be a fucking hairy ass uh, French seaman from Vermont or somewhere, you know. <laughs> Burly motherfucker. You don't know what you're going to get out of the French. It's true. Yeah, no, it, I mean. They vary wildly from the burliest, craziest motherfuckers to the most effete mm. motherfuckers. That is true. So you don't know. A mixed bag. I don't know if I've ever seen a ripped, ripped French man, though, now that I think about it. You ever seen one that, like, because I know you watch all of the strongman competitions. Oh, yeah. The... Where they oil themselves up in the speed on everything. Yeah, no, yeah. Is it the same thing? That's not a strong. Strong man is no. when they like. You're talking about trucks. like Mr. Unit, like right. yeah, bodybuilder. They should combine those two, in my opinion. You should be forced to strut around oily and shined up, but also pick up vehicles. Yeah, strong man <laughs> is about actual strength and being strong, whereas, uh, you know, bodybuilding is for aesthetes, you know. It's just about the vascularity and the actual physical form. I had such a hard time understanding that as a child. I remember looking at the strong man or the uh, bodybuilding. You know, you see photos and stuff. Yeah. It's like, I remember being so perplexed by that as a child. Yeah. Because it just, 
it did not look to me it did not have an aesthetic appeal i still wonder what is the aesthetic appeal because it's not I mean, I'm I'm sitting here with a fucking 230-pound dad bod saying, like, oh, man, those bodybuilders look like shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where does that idea even come from? A, like, an aesthetic appeal? Like probably what? the Greeks or the Romans. Or probably the Greeks because the Romans kind of ripped them off. Uh-huh. But, yeah. I see. Well, I don't know. That begs another question. Of why do <laughs> how, we... How, how was Rome founded? Uh, wasn't it Romulus and Remus that was... The founding of Rome. That <laughs> was Romulus and Remus. I forget. What was it? Yeah, like how? What? I think it was like they were raised by wolves and they I suckled. Remember, I remember wolves. Involved. Wolves were somehow involved. If, if somehow, I think there's some incest involved. <laughs> there was there was a rape oh, because in most of those like founding mythologies, there was some kind. There's of like a, yeah, rape. there's some sort of fucked up sex. Like thing. the rape of Lucretius or or whatever the fuck it was like. You know, was it Lucretius who said nothing human disgusts me? Um, nothing human. <laughs> you know, interesting because that's honestly my approach to everything. If I come across something that I don't understand, like theoretical physics or or the most advanced math, I say nothing human can truly confuse or perplex me. If a human made it, I can understand. I it. can figure it out because I am one. <laughs> Like that is the truth. You could be that is the truth. You could be completely moronical, but somewhere in the deep recesses of your brain you have is the, the ability. ability to figure out <laughs> string theory or anything. And then like but by the time it gets to here, you're just like a slack jawed yokel sometimes, you know. I mean there there could be something to be said for perhaps like theoretical physicists or some math mathematicians. Like perhaps they have an ability to think more abstractedly mm-hmm. or or their ability ta- to tap into abstract modes of thought is perhaps stronger than i don't know like yours or mine yeah that's or i mean i think it's the same thing with anything somebody's virtuosic at it's like they're it's probably i mean hard work can kind of unlock it i, I kind of think that can kind of chisel it a little bit but like you know what it is probably is just that part of their brain is active whereas mine is atrophied <laughs> <laughs> Like close totally like, turn the sign close yeah. <laughs> close for business closed open never <laughs> yeah that's I don't know uh and and if that is the case is that necessarily better do we need I don't know maybe it is maybe it's good for some people to be able to think sort of on abstract terms yeah but at the same time. I bet a lot more people than we think have that ability, but a lot more of us are just like mentally ill or have, you know, problems focusing on anything. Those areas of our brain are not necessarily out of business, but there is a banner that says going out of business sale. They're, yes, they're on clearance. The, yeah, 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 they're on, selling everything. Off. It's bargain bin. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, this guy's brain is <laughs> bearish or bullish on particle physics, depending upon <laughs> how you look at it. Um, so I was reading the Serpentis 
Miguel Serpantes. Okay. And he was he mentioned this guy Polidor Polidore. I don't know how. It's like Jimmy Dore. But it's Palador. Oh, you must mean Palador. <laughs> Palador. Uh Virgil. And Bergil. It's hard to find any of his or I didn't even look on Amazon. I just looked on Am- archive.org. But I couldn't find any of his actual written shit. It was all in Latin. But according to Cervantes and online, like what his whole deal was, this was in like the early 16th century, Uh, early 1500s. His whole deal was he would write these very long, well-researched books about the first person to do anything. So like the first person to scratch his head. Or the first person to, uh, you know what I mean? Just like he, he would just, and he would use it, like use meticulous research throughout, like written accounts of history to come to his conclusions. There's a couple of first guys that I'd like to meet. Uh-huh. The first one on my list is the guy that discovered Veal. It's like, <laughs> what kind of, kind of fucking monster decided to just hack up a baby cat? It's like, oh, is he a young boof? Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's like, a great point because like, you had you know, the first number, person. We know for a fact that the first person who did that was a psychopath. Just totally, <laughs> which brings us probably to the first sociopath. That's probably how they marked it. The second one I have is also culinary. Who's the fucking weirdo that decided to just get a, a duck's liver so fatty that it quits working so that we could eat just it? Just force feed the duck. Yeah. That is nuts. Yeah. They just force fed it for like don't they like give it like fuckloads of food to so that like its liver metabolizes and just turns fatty. It just, yeah, you know, it kind of like everybody in America is from eating McDonald's for the last thirty. Years. Oh man. Yeah, no, the first person who did that. Well, here's the thing. Okay, so like me and you can sit around and laugh about it and joke about it, but this guy kind of like made his career on it because like. Back then, if you were a historian, you would consult a set of books. And a lot of these books, like one, for example, I don't even remember the guy's name. I went down a long rabbit hole the other night. I sit up till like one in the morning reading the Wikipedia page (laughs) for like the Anglo-Saxon settlement of Great Britain or, you know, the British Isles. Your, Your other half. Yes. Franco-Anglo. Right. Well, no, Anglo-Saxons well, if you're were out, you're German. Kel, you're Kel. And you're Franco-Kel. You're Franco-Kel. Yeah. That's what I... <laughs> I'm Kelt, too. So stupid. Um, But I was, like, reading this, you know, Wikipedia page on this. And a lot of the information on this topic comes from this guy named Gildas. <laughs> Okay, what's Gildas got to say about it? He was a 6th century British monk best known for his scathing religious polemic, De Exidio et Conquestu Britannae, which recounts the history of the Britons before and during the coming of the Saxons. He's one of the best documented figures of the Christian church in the British Isles. His whole theory was that this happened to Rome because they were too sinful. He was kind of like the Pat Roberts, or what's his name, 700 Club? Yeah. Like it's kind of like when those guys say Hurricane Katrina is because of all of the Haitian the Buddha, Sod- the Haitian yeah, Buddha, yeah. and the sodomy. Like 
America's too gay. Yeah. Is what they're saying. We need to, yeah, we're, God's, we're too gay. God's coming along and wiping <laughs> out all these good time towns. It is so funny to think about. Because it's funny because I used to literally think of it this way, and I know you did too. But it is funny to think about, like, gay sex and having to attach a moral stance to it. Like, yeah. <laughs> like it's it's kind of counterproductive because I mean if if uh, it's kind of, well it's kind of weird because it's like I wonder how many like young Christian kids actually discover gay sex through like the constant sort of like berating <laughs> like yeah you know what I mean <laughs> like I you know like how like the big thing was like well are gay people like born or made and it's like I I'm not ruling anything out. right dude all that shit that they used to tell us <laughs> what if there was a, a kid that would just grew up straight as an arrow but he got introduced yeah. to gay sex early by them just by them they, talking and about it just they talked about it all they t- it was so funny like <laughs> It was so funny, like, the shit that they told you about. <laughs> it would be, would be hilarious if Pat Robertson just made a whole generation gay as hell, but just by the power of suggestion. Just by the power of suggestion. It's just a, by bringing it up. It's an insane... Over and over and over again. It's an insane claim. It, it implies that society is falling apart. No, 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 not even that. Like, natural disasters are because of two dudes sucking and fucking. Yeah. <laughs> You know, they, they say to never underestimate, like, you know, like the long-term impacts of what you do in this life and uh-huh. stuff like that. It is kind of funny to think if we if we did live in a universe so unjust that God was just, like, <laughs> actually repulsed by that two-dude sucking. He He was just like... It's hurricane time. Sorry, I just can't. I can't abide this. I can't abide by this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that would be something he would do. <clears throat> My third get first guy I want to meet is also culinary. Now that I think of it, uh-huh. it's the French guy that discovered. You know that when they put the blindfold on the bird and eat the bird. Yes, that guy. Yeah. Like, Who is the absolute <laughs> degenerate that came up with that shit? Dude, there's some more. There's some ones that are even more insane. What's the like the boys' eggs one or whatever? The virgin boy eggs, a traditional dish, uh, where in which eggs are boiled in the urine of young boys who were presumably peasants, preferably under the age of ten. Uh, this translates literally to boy egg and is a springtime tradition of the city where the urine is collected from prepubescent peasant boys. There are just some things. So that's uh, why there s- was that guy that came around and milked us all for piss when we were kids. <laughs> <laughs> just making the boy eggs. Yeah. I know. Um No, I mean there were some things that had to have been such a hard sell at first. Like, yeah. okay, hear me out. Listen, I know it sounds insane. <laughs> it sounds crazy. But once you boil these suckers down, they taste quite good. Dude, talking about uh camp reminded me of the story or like them trying to tell you about what to do and what not to do. It reminded me of the story when we were, we must have been like 15 or 16 and we were at church camp and they like came and got everybody like, all right, the boys are going to a specific like meeting, like all the boys at camp and like the girls are going to theirs too. And so 
I never I never figured out. I should have snuck off and heard what they were talking about in the girls one. That one would, would have been pretty. I would have been like, whoa. They're talking about in there talking about Cervantes. <laughs> Some guy named Polydor Virgil. Uh, <laughs> Apparently this guy discovered a lot of firsts. So I guess that's what they were talking about there. In ours, they were they wanted to talk to us about masturbation. Like specifically just masturbation. It wasn't even about sex. That's so weird. <laughs> Dude, there is there is probably a non insignificant amount of people that get into like youth pastoral stuff that just like to get their kicks from just talking about sex with like teenagers. Weird. Just very bizarre shit. You know, especially though, like in this way, because it wasn't like I mean, yeah, no, I understand. Like, you gotta like tell them. I don't know. Like, they gotta have some sort of awareness biological awareness of their bodies and what they do it's a it's a topic you gotta broach at some point because if you if you leave it them up to their own devices all right i'm gonna let's do a little prompt here maybe 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 not maybe i guess we are all humans we probably don't need anyone telling us let's let's do a little prompt here you're tasked with teaching a group of adolescent boys about sex what do you tell them what do i tell them um okay seriously seriously i tell them i don't know you like <clears throat> tell them about the sort of i guess the biology of it you talk about consent yeah. and that's probably am i leaving anything out you're putting me on the spot on the most loaded topic in the world you're i'm gonna ta- i'm gonna tell i'm gonna bail you i'm gonna tell you how to teach this class you go in there day one, you say, well, boys, I ain't a bit more happy about this than you are, but <laughs> let's all have a seat. <laughs> First slide I bring up is the blue waffle. And I'm going to say, I will say, now, a lot of people use scare tactics, but this almost never happens. Okay? <laughs> like a lot of other things in life, it's possible but the possibility is fairly remote. You should know that. <laughs> and then I would just say, now, for the rest of the class, I'm just going to give you the best information I have. If you wrap it up, bad things tend to not happen as frequently. Uh-huh. Every once in a while, there could be an oopsie-doo. Every once in a while, your boys may steal your condom supply and poke holes in them. And if so, you should leave those jokers behind. Pick new friends. But you'll have to because you'll have a kid. <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll have to because you're a father now and your life has radically changed. Okay? But assuming you don't have asshole friends like that, uh, then mostly you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine mostly. And go get tested fairly often, you know? But that's good. Those are all good. Yeah. The uh, blue waffle. <laughs> then I—that's how I, I'd start right with that, and like just they would—it'd would be shock and awe. And then I'd be like, "I want to tell you, boy, something. This almost never happens." <laughs> and then I would show them uh, <laughs> what chlamydia looks like under a microscope, and I'd say, "Boys, I ain't gonna lie to you. This happens fairly regularly." <laughs> I'm just—I would just go through every possible. 
detrimental thing that could happen in sex and just and just tell them the objective odds of it happening to them. <laughs> just traumatize them yeah. severely you would yeah. go the scared straight route well it wouldn't be scared straight i would give them the, the budweiser cold cold heart, cold heart <laughs> facts about sex yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they would ask me questions they'd be like this is my <laughs> Does it matter? Or does penis size matters? And I'm gonna say, boys, I'm gonna, I ain't gonna lie to you. It's it best, matters a lot. It's best that you hear this <laughs> for me and you early. But if you have a small penis, you'll fight that battle the rest of your days. It's important you develop a strong constitution from the word go. <laughs> Oh my fucking god, dude! Will people make fun? Of you? Yeah, they will. <laughs> Just you and your trucker cap and like <laughs> short, short smoking cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck, man! That's that fucking got me. The, th- the sad thing is, is that's literally how we were basically talking. <laughs> yeah, Gary Anderson, the guy that didn't look dissimilar. They really did describe. show you the fucking most heinous photos. That and in there, they would show you photos of kids like on people like on meth and stuff. Remember that? It, the whole thing was designed to traumatize you because they also took us down and made us watch that. Um, it was like a drunk driving mockument. It was like it was like oh, a, that, a yeah. do- documentary maybe or yeah. I was going to say they made us watch Faces of Death, but it really did feel like Faces of Death. Like, they were trying to, like, scare you. And they also did the thing, I don't know, did your school do that thing where they staged a car, like a drunk driving accident in front? They put a mangled, (laughs) every year at prom, they put a mangled car right in front of the gymnasium. And, like, they had the Grim Reaper walk around. Did they not have that at we your school? We didn't do that. That would have been tight as hell, though. I swear to God, they had the Grim Reaper walk around <laughs> and like look kids in the eyes and stuff. If I end up being a high school sex ed teacher and like a prom chaperone, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to go get like a mangled, fucked up car and dress up as the Grim Reaper. And every morning when the bus pulls up to let the kids off, I'm going to queue up, house bound. <laughs> <laughs> We're just gonna play Hell's Bells by ACDC Every time those kids look out there I'll just be wandering around circles Around that <laughs> fucking shell of a car With Hell's Bells by ACDC Dude, holy fuck that, I mean, the the fucking meeting For them to do that Like, how do we convey to the students That they're courting death? I know We'll get the oldest symbol for death In the western canon We'll get the Grim Reaper <laughs> yeah. I'm watching these doves build this nest dog Just outside the window The way he's like Picking This great symbol of peace right yeah, there. This great symbol of peace right here at the church Next to us Look dude They're so industrious I love watching a bird build a nest man It's one of my favorite activities Like just watching him fucking look around <clears throat> And like him sort of pecking up on the windowsill right now like, look, right now you can see him looking. He's like, something might be down there I can use. That's why he popped up here to us, because he was looking yeah. at our, our textiles and thought, hmm. He really, yeah, he really was but looking But then he at realized, us. oh, I can't get in there. <laughs> I would give him something from here if he wanted. We- <laughs> Hello, Mr. Dove. I'll offer you any of my, <laughs> it'd be like the... Uh- the old trade routes. I'll offer you my silks and spices in exchange for some of your delicious eggs. 
they, they live for years. A lot of birds. Some birds live up to like 11 years. Like the eastern towhee. I'm becoming a birder. I'm a bird guy. They live up to 11 bird fucking man. years. Bird man. <laughs> I mean, you're going to tell me that an animal that lives up to 11 years doesn't have like a complex, rich inner life? Yeah, you couldn't, you couldn't live to that age and just be like a... Just a slithering idiot, constantly looking for food and sex. You know what I mean? But then again, <laughs> we live about eighty years, and you know, if we're fortunate, and we are slathering idiots, and mostly just looking for food and sex. Well, I'm, it's what it's wild watching him because what he does is he gets a straw or a piece of grass. And you can't see it from where you're sitting, but he'll hover outside of his nest going back and forth. And it's like he's trying to determine if the thing that he's got in his mouth will work on the nest. What's funny is birds like like will live where they work. So like he's going to go home to his wife like, put, put eight hours in today. And she's going to be like, yeah, no. I know. I saw. I, I was I'm, there I'm, the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, what's for dinner? Grub worms again, huh? <laughs> God damn it, Linda. <laughs> I work hard to support this family, and this is all you can do. Okay, the thread that you were working through there was, uh, well, what, what what it was was I was originally telling a story about what happened to me at church camp where they took us into a room to talk about masturbation. And... So what they did was they got people to come up and do testimonials like about masturbating. <laughs> so this, okay, I'm just going to and I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you a revelation that you may not have thought of yet. Y'all were sexually abused. You realize that, don't you? <laughs> that is not the venue for that. Yeah, yeah. School's barely the venue. For the um. Yeah, yeah, man. I don't know. Just like them. Just gotta walk a line with that shit. I mean, some like youth pastor named Joshua. Uh, Joshua asked jo- Yeah, yeah. Asking y'all to come talk about your masturbation habits is tray creepy. Well, I remember they had this dude up there who, I mean, as a teenager, you think he's old, but he he might have been in his twenties or something. But he looked like he was probably in his forties. But he was telling us about, like, and if he was in his 40s, and this story was complete. The fact that a grown man, period, told us this was completely ridiculous. But he was like, you find yourself masturbating to your friend's mothers, your friend's sisters, your friend's cousins. He was like, he was going down the list of, like, everyone you could possibly masturbate to. <laughs> the governor of... Um, um, Michigan? I just say, I just say, um, <laughs> what's her name? Gretchen, uh, the number one pop star in the world. You're like, uh, Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> and he just doesn't elaborate just any doesn't further elaborate. <laughs> before going to, uh, I just say, uh, Lee's chain. <laughs> the construction foreman on the job down the street from your house. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> uh, and it'll take you further than you want to go. Uh, before you know it, uh, maybe Liz Warren looks pale, you know? It just has to get more and more, you know, to to satisfy you. That's what he was saying. He was like saying that it's never enough. Like, you, you'll, <laughs> it's never enough. Here's the thing, dog. We were taught 
about sex education by sex addicts. Sex addicts. <laughs> it's guys like really working out their own demons with it all. Guys who had themselves been or taught, perverts. taught poor sex ed or whatever had traumatic. What it was was they themselves had probably a traumatic sexual experiences in their adolescence. Yeah. And they were just reproducing the same thing. Yeah, trying to make it better, but just kind of perpetuating the cycle. That's what I'm talking about. Like, that shit accumulates. Like, it's not like that's just something that happens in the world. And just the 200 adolescent boys, it wasn't that many. It was probably like 50 or 100 or something. But regardless, like, those kids hear that and, like, just go out and forget it. No. Like, that shit, like, adds up. Man, it stays with you. And furthermore, it adds up in society. <laughs> it's like it builds up cumulatively. It's like you have people out there just completely stark raving mad. Oh, yeah. Like myself, obviously. Yeah. I, well, before long, uh, our experience, uh, as things keep trending the way they're trending. True. <laughs> I mean, it'll be even worse, honestly. If, what their, their sex ed will probably soon just be like, if you're white, you should only mate with another white person. If you I were was black. Think, I was thinking about that. They're, they're, I, maybe they're really just concerned about those white birth rates, like J.D. Vance is talking about. Maybe he was just saying the quiet part out loud. I think that's a part of it. And honestly. then the gaffe from the woman yeah. at the Trump rally. I think that's a part of it. It's a part of it, dude. It's it's. Lit- I mean, we could sit around and like because it's like kind of alien and foreign to us, it's kind of hard to understand. But like that is how they see it, right? And that has been how they've seen it for like 200, 300 years. Mm-hmm. And they've had to f- find out a way to say that publicly. Yeah. But they're less and less constrained by the norms and things that kept them from saying it like that. Yeah. Publicly. I think, um, I think, I mean, the people that are saying like, Religion is the root cause of all this stuff. I, I think you're wrong. I think you're a little bit wrong-headed about that because I think there's there are tons of religious people that are very normal about this. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, even when I was religious, I didn't see it see it that way. I never had a strong position on abortion. People would talk about it all the time around me, but like even when I was religious, I was just didn't really. I dude, there was this girl in my eighth grade class, and the thing that everybody knew about her. <laughs> That probably could have, before you go, that might have been just because I'd never imagined myself having sex. Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. Never gonna this has never me. happened. <laughs> That's true. What it finally happened, I was like, damn, you, you managed to pull it off. <laughs> huh. You had it in you the whole time. Who would have thunk it? Anyway. Um, man, I don't even remember what I was going to say. Girl in your class. Uh, she was like, the thing that everybody knew about her was that she supported abortion. And, like, my fucking eighth grade teacher knew this. She was an eighth grader, and she was the girl that was known for supporting abortion. (laughs) And my teacher knew this and literally staged a debate. That's the only thing people knew about this young girl. That she she supported abortion. uh That was the thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there was the thing, like, oh, that boy, like, that guy, like, he did this or she did that. You know, that was her thing that everybody knew. And what were you known for? That balls trick you did to that one kid. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 
<laughs> there's uh, Casey. She's she supports abortion. Here's Terrence. He's he did a weird. He's, ball a, he's, a, he's a burgeoning, a burgeoning sex <laughs> criminal. Um, she, my teacher knew this and staged a debate, so that like she would have to basically defend her position in class against all these fucking people. Like, these are the fucking psychopaths Third. that I was like, that were like trusted with the guardianship of me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just at every, at every step of the way. Dude, I want to tell you, I'll tell you this. Evangelical Christians should be regarded as like, well, I'll just put it this way. Um, the Branch Davidians are are more normal than them by an order of magnitudes. Okay? Like, you probably would have a better social outcome as a follower of David Koresh than you would as, like, uh-huh. a follower of Pat Roberts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, probably not even close, honestly. <laughs> like, it should be regarded as the most fringe thing in the world, and yet it's taken hold, and... It has nothing to do with religion or anything. That's why I like the whole like, oh, this is religion's fault. Is like stupid as fuck. I think not. Not, no. to, not to say I'm letting religion off the hook because I'm, I'm, I'm selling on it these days a little myself. But <clears throat> yeah, it's it's hard to explain, man. I think that as conditions erode. You see all these articles, they're like, why are the GOP getting so extreme? And it is kind of an interesting question. Getting, though? I mean, like... Well, yes, okay, that framing of it, I disagree yeah. with. But it is an interesting question of why... Why do they pursue this so doggedly? Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's a... I don't know, that's a pointless question to ask. Because why does anybody do anything? You'll never understand, really, what motivates people... Mm-hmm. You'll never be able to like ter- determine and a, a pro- apply like a universal to it. Yeah, I guess it's just. Yeah. I think what it is is it's various social factors are creating certain conditions that f- either favor this or that action. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So like, it's not a question of why. <clears throat> it's not a question of like trying to psychologize them or like try to understand why they're doing this. I think a better question is trying to understand like what is going on right now in political economy that has brought us all to this moment really. Yeah. It's the environment, man. I'm 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 way more on the nurture side of the spectrum these days than nature. Sometimes I go a little I I step a toe into the nature side sometimes though. I'm like, "Damn, genetics." And then I'm like, "Damn, I don't think anybody's ready for this conversation. <laughs> Damn, we're conditioned. We're conditioned to do everything, but nobody's ready to talk about that. I don't even think that's it's... what that's the voice in your head. You're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your inner dialogue says, mm-hmm. <laughs> "That's the T sis. That's the T sis. I'm. It's it's given, and I'm serving cunt. <laughs> Y'all ain't ready for that conversation yeah. about nature versus nurture. <laughs> The, the one conversation that like every pseudo intellectual loves to have pseudo intellectuals yeah. like myself love to have the debate nature versus nurture <laughs> their favorite thing in the world don't ever get sucked into that trap my friends 
That and you may tell you a, a budding pseudo intellectual class is the I hate everybody equally guy. Yeah. I got yeah, tweeted about that yesterday, but <laughs> that guy thinks he's dropping pure knowledge when he says that. You know what I yes, mean? Yes, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like just coming so hard. I know this because I used to hold it's crazy, man. This <laughs> I saw this thing where like Occupied Democrats had talked, had like, you know, they're insane, but they had posted this tweet about this Democratic lawmaker in Oklahoma who proposed a law that said that everybody is like automatically given a vasectomy and you, you can earn your way into getting it reversed when you're like 18 or something like that. Just the most insanely eugenicist thing. But like, that's what I was, we didn't really get to it the last episode because I was so fucking brain dead. But like, that's what I was getting at with like the whole like, uh, like vasectomies or solidarity thing. Uh-huh. It's like, I mean, they can be, but they can also be just eugenics repackaged as. This, I mean, I remember being a teenager, and I worked with this dude who was a welder. And I remember he said that to me one day. He was like, man, he's like, I think that what society needs is every man, every boy should just have his nuts clipped when he's hit a vasectomy when he's like 12. Yeah, get a vasectomy. Get a vasectomy. <laughs> and then they... This guy had like a 10-gallon hat on and <laughs> two six-shooters. <laughs> I say, I say, I told my boy, get him up, <laughs> get him one of them vasectomies. Vasectomies. <laughs> pow, 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 pow. That way, that way, when the big moment comes, <laughs> he won't be like my guns. <laughs> it's Yosemite Sam telling us. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. It is. I was going for Yosemite Sam. I put a little foghorn leghorn in there. Yeah, no. A cowboy told me. <laughs> <laughs> an actual gaucho. An actual gau- gaucho <laughs> told me. He, I remember him saying, <laughs> he like, everybody should be given a vasectomy. And, like, if you pass a test, you get to have it reversed. And I remember being. Oh, dude. Yeah, man. Everybody talks about, like, the means testing and, like, the focus grouping the Democrats do. But we forget that, like, the Republicans are big, like the conservatives are big on tests. Oh, yeah. They, they all love tests. Yeah. Tests are fascist. Yeah. I fucking hate tests. I always did so bad at tests, man. Yeah. yeah. I was a pretty good student, but I just. Tests are how they keep the riffraff out of the Ivy Leagues and all that That's stuff. That's exactly yeah. right. Um, dude, that is exactly right. I think it's because, like, I just have a hard time, like, focusing on tests for, for one. Like, I. I get stressed out. I'm like, oh, I'm on a fucking time limit. Goddamn. Yeah. And you can't oh. think straight on that shit. Like, no. When you see that clock ticking, my brain instantly goes to like, yeah. just pick C for all of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm not, I think it's because like they would tell you that so much was riding on it. So you would put all this pressure on it. You'd be like, fuck man, like I'm not going to be able to afford college. So I just need to get a good grade on this test. Yeah. On this ACT or whatever. <clears throat> Anyways, this gaucho told me that. <laughs> I remember, yeah, being a teenager, and I was like, at the time, when I first heard it, literally, I was like, damn, maybe that would solve some problems. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, within a day, I was like, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Imagine taking, in your, taking your boy to the clinic site. <laughs> 
We gotta get your clip, boy. But one day, one day you'll learn. You can earn it back. (laughs) (laughs) And then you'll have like the guy. It'd be like kids that didn't pass their driving test, Uh and and they're like, and you just start lying to your friends about. Oh yeah, I got mine reversed. Yeah, I got mine reversed the day I turned 18. Really, you'd failed the test like six times and haven't. And then, you know how like, kids make you prove things? They're like, prove it. They take you to... They check you off. Here's the funny thing about American jack, boy life. They jack you off There your, is all <laughs> kinds of weird shit like that. Just jerking you and no cum is coming out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and then you're just socially, just socially isolated because you keep failing the test to, re- to reverse the vasectomy. Your your cowboy father. Oh, made, I fucking made you get when you were five years old. <laughs> Look, he's shooting blanks. I fucking knew it. I fucking knew it. I fucking knew this pussy cut past the test. I think I want to die. It's <laughs> the funniest fucking thing I've ever heard. Oh, damn. Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> I know he's full shit. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, but then, like. Um, Just imagine Sam Elliott playing this role. (laughs) Some mustachioed weathered Uh cowboy with a deep voice. I I think we should. (laughs) We'll clip them all. Clip them all, and boy, one day you can earn it back. Like, the test for earning it back would be crazy. You could do the Polydor Virgil thing. Like, the test is, like, who was the first person? It has nothing to do with, like, (laughs) your preparedness for fatherhood Uh or, like, your knowledge of, like, you know, avoiding STDs or anything. It has nothing to do with that. It's just, like, I've got Riddles 3 for you. (laughs) (laughs) Your cowboy dad (laughs) takes you to some forest troll in the woods and says if you answer my riddles three (laughs) you can have you can reverse your vasectomy vasectomy yeah Yeah. coming soon you will be (laughs) then you're just traumatized (laughs) because by this point you've been bullied by getting jerked off by three boys and now you gotta go in the woods and answer the riddles of a forest troll (laughs) oh god oh my fucking god that's the stupidest and then now you're just day. shocked into a psychosexual <laughs> repression because you can't have a normal adult sex life anymore because you're thinking about all that trauma. Oh, fuck, dude. Just that guy that takes the test every year and fails, and he finally passes it when he's like 72. <laughs> So it's his exploits trying to. The, like, he, and, and the thing is, he's the most handsome guy that ever this lived. Whole, yeah, this whole, he could have been mopping uh, the pussy up and just siring tons of airs. But no. Mm-hmm. No. That man was Elvis Presley. <laughs> Elvis Presley died on the toilet without having sired an air. I think about that all the time. This is my biggest, my biggest fear. Dying on the toilet. <laughs> wow. I think. I thought you, I thought you was, your biggest fear was being a international rock, rock star. I, 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 
But also, you were a semen retention guy. <laughs> Not by choice, by force. Not by choice, but just because you couldn't pass the sex test. It has nothing to do with sex. <laughs> just jerking them off. And... <laughs> look. Fucking look. I fucking know. I knew it. <laughs> I fucking knew it, bro. It's like... Because, like, you still shoot semen, but there's no sperm in it if you have a vasectomy. You shoot... I'm gonna I'm gonna show my ignorance here. You shoot water, basically. I did take our friend John to get a vasectomy because I guess he didn't read the literature before he had it done. But I was assuming they would put him under and do it and all that stuff. Yeah, it's just and some local anesthesia. I sit down in the waiting room. I didn't get no more than two pages into an interesting article about what one of those celebrity <laughs> couples with a portmanteau <laughs> name was up to him. And John walks back out just happy as a lark saying, I was like, well, did they go and like work you up and stuff? He goes, no, I'm done. I'm like, uh-huh. done. I was thinking this was like getting a fucking uh-huh. transplant or something, like a big major surgery. Mm-hmm. They just fill your nuts with concrete. <laughs> they fill your your, your sack. <laughs> We're sealing it up. We're sealing it up. <laughs> you just come out with the heaviest. Sack. <laughs> yeah. They just put a little. They put a little open and close sign on you. Uh, you gotta wear a little close sign around your cock. Yep, it just hangs over your nuts. And when you get it reversed, <laughs> I go ahead and bust up the concrete and turn the sign around. I turn the sign around, right? Yeah. Um. Damn, that's so funny, though, that, like, that's considered a response to some Democrat from fucking Oklahoma being like, this is going to be epic. This is going to be so cool. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know, man. Well, they have been, I mean, a common conservative thing they throw around all the time, and not a few Democrats, I should add, is idiots shouldn't be able to reproduce. Uh, Yeah, right. So it's like the frame, we joke in the really the most ridiculous way maybe we've ever joked on this show. But really and truly, like the framework is there. Dude, it's it's fucking weird, right? Because it is very, very surreal to live in a new era during which the rallying cry is literally the words pro-life. Like... When your civilization enters the pro-life era, like th- that's how you know, like it's, it's not. <laughs> you can almost rest assured that they worship death. There were, they yes, pro-life. it will be the worship of death. Yeah, yeah, it's the exact opposite. Uh, Everything upside down, living in the zone. And, I mean, a million other things you could call it, and metaphors and so forth. But yeah, yeah dude, if, if I've just been spiraling all week, honestly, I just. I just don't know why. I just, uh, I'm sure my therapist would tell me uh, before she uh, got rid of me, before she fired, <laughs> before, before she fired me, before she divorced, <laughs> divorced you. For, yeah, has anybody ever had a th- uh, for bringing up the cowboy vasectomy <laughs> plan <laughs> that involves uh, you have sexual a, abuse and forest trolls? You have a sickness that I cannot cure, sir. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. No. I'm sure she would say, um, uh, you know, you shouldn't worry about things you can't control. But that's the crazy thing. Like, theoretically, you can control it in a way. Yeah. Because that's what we've been told our whole lives. Like, if you disagree with what they're doing, 
just call your representative. Call your representative and do something about <laughs> it. Up. We live in a democracy. <laughs> we have. Oh boy. No, but seriously, I uh, I've been freaking out about it. Um. Well, what are you gonna do? Uh, Polydor Virgil was definitely had some a few things to freak out about. Okay, wait, let me go back to Gildas, man. Yeah, we ran away from Gildas. Well, I mean, I'm sorry, I got really into that cowboy vasectomy plan thing. You just you teed me up, right? Well, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, you know, there's a lot of brilliant minds out there that are just waiting to be. Tapped for a solution for modern day solutions yeah. for modern day before I before I move on do you see that clip of Kamala Harris where, where they were like they were do what she was like do what I mean again I don't know I'm trying not to even think about it there was a whole article there was an entire article in the New York Times about like why the the democratic moderate like the democrat moderate is disappearing and it, may, dude, the whole thing. I challenge anyone to read that without it starting to feel really eerie, and like someone is trying to like bend reality around you. Yeah. Like you start to disassociate reading it because the whole thing is premised on the idea that the Democratic Party has moved too far left. We're talking about a, 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 like a five thousand word piece on how the Democrats are moving away from moderation and how that might be not a good idea. Yeah. And it's like. It's just that weird disjunction between them. I, I don't even the know. The thing to... about about democratic moderation, like moving away from it being a bad idea, it's like it's what's got us here. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like to keep doing the same thing is, I mean, you know. But that's the thing. Like, I think at this point, the intel- intelligentsia knows that. But now they're running these news stories that are like, <clears throat> look at them. They've moved left. It's working. You're you're doing a good you're doing a good job. Oh, you're doing a good job. Like that guy who calls the radio. <laughs> yeah. But uh but they're not actually doing anything. It's it's like it's uh, what I'm trying to say is that it seems like the intelligentsia has now solidified around the idea that everything's fine. What are you fucking whining about i think that's been their project for years yeah i think they know they can't uh, ultimately cannot beat like what's coming with the conservatives because i remember in 2012 like bill clinton saying stuff like that like on his like when he would be out stumping he would say things feel bad (laughs) but they're not (laughs) you know what i mean like things feel like that but they're really not that bad like he would say stuff like that we just think they are because of the, you know, the Fox News and social media, blah 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 blah. And it's like, now things are bad and have been for a while, but now it's like you're starting to see like the most insane expressions of those things. Dude, it was weird because it start, it seemed to be implying that the Democrats have strayed from the Clinton vision. That was the whole thing. So it makes me wonder if it was a planted story. If like Hillary is trying to make a comeback, but she's going to run it as a moderate, I could see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could too. <laughs> It'd be the funniest thing in the world. I she, hope you let me tell you, what she's going to run now. She's going to run. You, I swear. I go ahead, whoever's listening to this, go ahead and mark this down right now. You will see a Hillary Clinton ad 
of her in a cowboy hat shooting a <laughs> rifle. She will be. Or like, no, she's she's not even that clever. She'll be wearing like a barber hunting jacket that nobody actually really wears that hunts. Uh-huh. And thinks she's connecting with like, you know, sportsmen in the rural yeah. south or whatever. Right. I can win them. My husband, Bill, won them twice. And it's like, eh. No, it's I, ho- I hope to God she runs. As a moderate, that would be... I mean, she she would lose even worse than before. Like, that's what she wants to do. That's what she's always been, right? Like, she was against gay marriage, even, you know. Yeah, she was Goldwater. <clears throat> you know, like, uh, she started out in Goldwater. She might just get back to her roots. Man. But if Hillary Clinton, honest to God, thinks there's a moderate Republican in the world that would vote for her, she's the biggest rube there is. She is. And she'll still think that. Yeah. It'll be funny. Well... Polydor Virgil, where I was going with all of that. <laughs> Supposed to be Andrew shit ever. I'm just like this dove building this nest out here. I mean, he's still going at it, man. I'm just like him, just like hovering around today's episode, like putting in a straw there, a, a straw piece there. here and there. <laughs> a little piece yeah. here and there. Okay, all right, okay. Um, <clears throat> if you're a historian back then, you didn't have any of the tools of modern like archaeology or forensics or anything like that. So you had to literally go off of like for or also you couldn't do comparative analysis in some cases. It's like if you didn't have a book from so and so region from so and so time, you wouldn't be able to determine if the source that you were reading was telling the truth or whether it was fabrication. Yeah. <clears throat> So that's how he basically pieced together the accounts of who was the first man to do this, mm-hmm. who was the first crazy ass white boy, or who was the first yeah does, quirked up does, white boy. Who does uh, yeah? Who does um, Polydor Virgil side as the first one goaded with the sauce? <laughs> does he go Christ? That's a little too obvious. It is a little too obvious. He probably goes Christ for first crazy white boy too. For me, the one goaded with the sauce, let's see. I thought Elijah was pretty cool. Or Muhammad. Muhammad was probably goaded with the sauce. The prophet, peace be upon him. Yeah, I, I'd goated. say he was good. I mean, <clears throat> Muhammad seems pretty tight, dude. Yeah. I mean, there is like, I, I know we've talked about it before, but there's like a story about him being picked up by a tornado and taken all the way to like Medina. Yeah. Like that's sick as fuck. That's tight. Yeah. He was riding fucking Enoch and Elijah. I'm with you on that. Mm-hmm. Both guys the two guys to have lived a full life and never died just got sucked up. I really, really appreciate the idea of rendering him like photographically or figuratively like rendering him in any way is an offense against his very nature. I really appreciate that. I mean, I think that's tight. Yeah. Like, basically, it kind of implies that, uh, <clears throat> like, photo, like photograph copies are kind of obscene. So there's something about that, like the recreation of a photographic image that sort of cheapens it yeah. and makes it uh, not as powerful as it really is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I guess that's the implication, right? Yeah. I'm gonna sound really ignorant to all 
our Muslim listeners. I apologize if I'm uh, just completely bastardizing that, but I'm, I'm gonna have to get into it because I'm reading um, at the at the urging of a Muslim friend of mine uh, reading that book that you loaned me the by. Oh yeah, uh, and sorry. It's yeah, a history of the world through Islam. Is that what it's called? Yeah, I think a Muslim history of the world. A Muslim history of the world, something like that. Yeah, it's a good fucking book. Yeah. But then again, I read it a long time ago. So if you are more learned than me, and you hear me say that and be like, "No, that's uh, racist or orientalist or something like that," I apologize. I liked it at the time I read it, which was like five, six years ago. So yeah. But. It could be like a Steven Pinker thing now. Yeah. Dude, you can't put yourself out there like this anymore. We've been over this. You can't you can't mention what you're reading now. Well, usually what I'm reading is like uh an idiot's guide to pornography. You're reading <laughs> pornographic magazines from the nineteen eighties. <laughs> yeah. That's what all Tom reads. It's just like <laughs> read uh, vintage jugs, you know. It's, it's not even like the pictures you want. <laughs> yeah. You're like you're a connoisseur of <laughs> They're like little puff pieces. Walter Mondale <laughs> had some interesting things to say in, uh, in Jugs number six in an interview with the congressman. Uh-huh. Just trying to get a number of perspectives here. Yeah. Man, I had an article I wanted to read today, but that would luckily, be a fun series we should do would be to read like the most unlikely Playboy interviews, like read Jimmy Carter's Playboy interview. Yeah, 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 <laughs> Stuff yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. They're like, Mr. Carter, do you like big cans? <laughs> Mr. Carter, <laughs> you portray yourself as a Sunday school teacher and a simple peanut <laughs> farmer. Do you like massive jugs? <laughs> do you, do you, what, do you, <laughs> would you say that you've ever knocked the back out of Rosalind? <laughs> Just putting massive titties in the president's face. <laughs> yeah. Didn't someone do that to Adorno and he got mad and ran, like left the room? Yeah, it wasn't, was Adorno kind of a prude? Something like that. It's kind of like, I guess he was kind of like against the... Honestly, it kind of is sexual harassment. Just like getting naked and like shoving your titties in Adorno's face. If he didn't ask for that, if he didn't want titties put in his face, yeah. that's a little bit fucked up. History has not been kind to him. Everybody was like, what the fuck's the matter, pussy? You don't like tits? <laughs> yeah. They, they, I mean, they were saying that down at the gas station today. They were like, can you believe that fucking pussy, Theodore? Adorno doesn't <laughs> like tits. Adorno, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's what the cowboy said to his son when he took him. He's like, son, you know, Mr. Adorno, son. Here's the thing, son. You don't want to end up like old Mr. Like Adorno. Mr. Adorno. <laughs> You get a piece, you get a pair of titties in your face. You better do you something. Better with do them. something. <laughs> <laughs> you better do something with them big old jabozies. <laughs> All right, let's put a fucking lid on this one. <laughs> we have to. Uh, thanks for listening in and supporting us. Um, if you would like to donate to our cause. Go to patreon.com. P-A- a very fluid concept. A very fluid concept at this point. P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Trailbilly Workers Party. And go tell a friend. And uh, until next time. Adios. Uh, adios.
as our friend Cervantes would say. As our friend Cervantes would say. He would say, uh, adios. He'd say with the, the, you know, the lisp, the Spanish lisp of the mainland. <laughs> adios. <laughs>